I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for our podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford. This podcast is a, it's a special podcast, obviously, because international football again, so... We're all kind of bored to death for the what's not national football apart from Scotland. Um, so this week's podcast is really about uh, kind of the lower leagues in Scotland, amateur, junior, and uh, kind of lower leagues in the, the professional level. Join me this week is former Dumbarton, Annan, and Abbey Rovers player Patrick Patch Walker. Pat, how's things, mate? Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I yeah, good. Thanks. Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm not bad, mate. As we were talking before, it's kind of just good to get a chat and speak to other people because, as you say, the lockdown it's kind of affected a lot. How's how's it been for yourself? Obviously, you're currently playing with Glasgow Harp at the moment at the amateur level. Um, how's it been trying to keep yourself fit and motivated? Okay, it's been it's been tricky. Like I think, kind of, sort of just uh, like the amateur boys, you kind of you're still playing football for the love of the game, and I think that's been a wee bit forgotten with it all. That like you know, you, you kind of turn up, you pay your money, you want to play, and not being able to do that for the best part of a year is is tough. It's no nice because it is a wee bit sort of a release. So I uh, it's just sort of trying to to find ways to to keep kind of fit and motivated yourself to to get out sort of each day and, and, and doing stuff, and I uh, haven't. Having a bit of a focus or a target. Because obviously, you say at amateur level, you're not training every day, so it must be hard to keep your fitness stuff. Is how's how's it kind of been to motivate yourself to go run, to gym work? Has it been quite hard? I will, I kind of just like as a, as a teacher. So I, I'm a teacher sort of by is my my job. So we we kind of had sort of at the the start of, or just before Christmas, I told it about going into lockdown. So I kind of. Did a, did a daft challenge in my head of saying I was just wanting to run a 5k every day until uh, I the schools went back so I got today I think the we went back and it was something like day 84 in a row I'd done uh, and the way my head was I was like 84 I don't like that number <laughs> I'm 16 away from 100 so that's my new target so uh, we've been back and I'm at day, two days two more 5k runs to go and I've done 100 and like, I mean it's just stupid I'm not doing it with anybody it's, it's me in my head <laughs> and, and I'm just like I've, I've run 100 days worth of 5k's so I <laughs> so that's that's been fun and uh, actually I've actually quite enjoyed it because so like we were just saying just there, it's, it's quite good just to kind of have a reason to get out of the house or to kind of just blow off some steam or get rid of the crap from work or, or whatever and, and kind of getting out for a wee while, which is which is quite nice. Yeah, I definitely can agree with you there. It's, 
as the kind of current situation. There's not a lot of stuff we can do. So, but again, do you think because obviously we're going to speak about your career, but do you think yeah. because you've had that kind of natural competitive kind of thing in your in your mind, it's kind of helped you through this as well. I definitely, yeah. Like I think so. I mean, like everybody sort of started playing like boys club football and stuff, and you, you kind of go the whole way through. And for as long as I remember, you've you've trained a couple of nights a week. You've played football on a Saturday, and it's just, it's just kind of what what you do. You don't even really think about it. It's just it's just life. So kind of trying just trying to keep that on just now. And well, she sort of missed a bit of the crack with you know the boys or, or that type of thing, like. Uh, just by sort of doing something or, or having a wee challenge with like one other mate or sort of saying, oh, let's do uh, like following folk on Instagram or something and doing a, one of their workouts is still quite good because I always get the kind of, if my mate's done it and I've not done it, I'm like, <laughs> you can't you can't have them like having one up on you sort of thing. So it's it's that kind of way of just going, all oh, right, better, better just die, knuckle down and get it done then. Uh, it's, it's the, I think it's the exam the same. Me a few of my pals and doing like hit challenges stuff, and it, it does kind of give you a bit of. It kind of brought a wee bit of competitive action in me as well. So obviously, like you said, you know I've kind of some points up on the injury, so I've no had a lot of stuff to keep myself busy. So do stuff like that. It keeps you the kind of juices flowing for just to keep you competitive. Yeah. Um, but also, you as as you said, you're more prompt an United fan. Um, how obviously with Celtic, how do you feel as a neutral? Uh, how's how, how's it been for the outset for an air fan see what's happened to Celtic obviously we mentioned before we come on with Scott Brown leaving what's your feelings on that I am pretty surprised that, that Brown's left uh, just sort of obviously with, with sort of what you're hearing with Celtic just now it's going to be sort of a, a lot of changes and I'm, I'm just amazed that they haven't done absolutely everything to keep him just as that kind of like grok and stability and I suppose you don't know what's going on behind the scenes if it's sort of saying, listen, we can't guarantee you play time and Aberdeen can or, or that type of stuff. But I can't believe like the kind of the, the thought of right, we'll start your coaching career here, like next season we'll keep you playing, but maybe not play as much. But you know, after that, then you can take over the whatever age group and, and just because I mean he knows the club, he's been there for so long and lifted so many trophies that whatever manager comes in, like that's the that's the guys you need there to kind of help you bed in, get the lay of the land and sort of figure out what's going on. And it just seems a bit, I don't know, it seems a wee bit odd just kind of going, hold on, he's he's off to like, I mean, he's got no ties, he's got no links to Aberdeen. And it's like, it just seems slightly, and he's been there, was it, is it 14 years or something he's been at Celtic? Roughly, I 14, so, I. Like, kind of then all of a sudden go, I'm off to Aberdeen for a, a two-year contract of player coach. It's like, mm, but... Yeah, I, I thought they would have tried, really tried everything to keep him, just to sort of keep a bit of stability. Like I sort of say, like whoever comes in, like I, like kind of have have an ally there as well. I think me, myself, and a lot, a lot of Celtic fans will probably echo what you're saying, because especially it's it is probably going to be a very, very big rebuild. Players, it's going yeah. to be a revolving door with players maybe coming in and out. Backroom staff, I mean, they do kind of need, as you say, characters in every team who have been there and done it. And I think because of who he is, and Celtic are maybe only got one or two. I don't think they've got anybody like him, but maybe the only uh-huh. two that have got left leader wise is maybe Ayer and McGregor. And me personally, I can't see McGregor being the captain. I can't see him being the guy who's got to take Celtic forward. Um, Ayer maybe could do it, but he might go for a, bit, a good bit of money, depending on obviously who comes in and if they can persuade some of these players um, that can stay. But I agree with you when it comes to Brown. I think they've 
even if it is only 10 games you've played next year, just to be about the throwing ground and to kind of give guys a eye, just to give the, maybe the new manager can in and the new players can then just maybe a bit of experience about what it means to be here, to beat Celtic. Uh-huh, yeah, I know, because like, for him as well, like you think how much that will hurt him this season, like having lost the title and like all the ten in a row stuff as well. I mean, that's just the added like salt in the wound. But his number one thing would be we're winning that back, and whoever's coming in straight away is going. We've got a league to win. Nothing else matters but winning a league. Whereas they're they're kind of losing those kind of bits of the jigsaw to to then it's like I mean, like you say, you have McGregor, but he doesn't seem to have the same like oomph about him and. Like kind of just grabbing a game at the scruff of the neck or going smashing a boy to let them know they're in a game. Like that kind of stuff that, like that's what you look at a skipper for and you're like, Poofed. like I'm not letting him down today. He's right up for this. And like you say, like those big personalities, like well, you can maybe replace them with a player. It's the personality and character like on and off the field that that stuff is, is just hard to come by. No, it definitely is. I've, I've said that, I've kind of said he's going to be kind of, Irreplaceable in what it does at Celtic. Um, a lot of people, see, I don't know, a lot of people think outside, kind of, Scotland, outside of Celtic Rangers, what other fans, like yourself, you're there for. I don't know what other fans think of Scott Brown, but for me, he's been, he's, he's been one of the top midfielders since he's been in Scotland, since he's come up through the ranks at Hibs. I think he's been really yeah. good, and I think maybe people underestimate how, maybe how good a football he actually is instead of he's, he's maybe he's kind of bad boy antics on the park. Yeah, I know. Like, cause as a footballer, like, I, like I probably haven't seen enough of him to kind of know his sort of qualities. But it's like uh, even watching him for Scotland, you just knew he'd be a solid performer. That he'd give you everything. And while maybe like technically he's not the he's not the best passer in the world, he's not the best dribbler, he's not the best finisher. But like his commitment's like right up there, and uh, he's that kind of player I reckon like that when he's in your team you're delighted you have him mm-hmm. and like the opposition teams are kind of like they hate him in a sort of weird way it's like uh, it's almost a wee bit jealous that they don't have that type of player of ugh, we know he's no amazing but he's amazing for us that sort of way kind of thing so I, I think that's basically that's in the nail of the head mate I think it's he's a big player for us Um mm-hmm. As then we just need to see what happens with Celtic. But obviously on it yourself, uh, Patch, when, yeah. you, when you were kind of grown up, um, were you involved in any boys' club and, and did you have any kind of senior trials as you were growing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so I, I grew up in here and like literally all it was was football. Like it's all I remember from being a kid. Like my mates played football. We, we all just played football and <laughs> uh, just every day was kind of daft. And uh, the big sort of boys club for us was a, a team called Valspar, which is still going. And uh, like you just kind of look back now and you think of the time that like the coaches gave up to you. I mean, it's incredible. And like without even that sort of starting and folk just kind of giving up their, their time to do that. Like you'd have been nowhere. And uh, I sort of uh, ended up getting sort of scouted and, and picked up. Uh, it was initially with Hearts. Uh, so I was, I was kind of travelling up to Glasgow on a Monday night to play with Hearts. And then that's that same season. I think it was about 12, 13. Then also get picked up uh, for Kelly 
She's uh, quite funny as an Air fan, like the stick I got at school for like uh, <laughs> playing for Kelly and stuff. Uh, so I'd play, I'd train with them on a Wednesday and then they played on a Sunday. So I'd, I'd play for them too. And then this is even going to be even less popular. The Rangers came knocking as well. <laughs> so they, they were a wee bit different because we, we sort of trained for an hour. Uh, so like my Wednesday nights were, you trained for an hour with Rangers and then went to like Kelly in the evening. Uh, and that stuff, and then every so often, like kind of Rangers would sort of have trials around, uh, so the, the pitches at Ibrox and Glasgow would be like the airlock would go up and be all kind of different pieces. But that was sort of maybe sort of four times a year, uh, and then sort of after that, uh, had to sort of narrow things down. And uh, I, I sort of knew a few of the boys at Kelly, so kind of got on quite well with them. We'd kind of played against each other. I was in the same uh, age group, uh, like his big Craig Samson. All oh, right, okay. The big goal of their eye. So we were sort of in the same team uh, at Kelly and stuff. So we ended up sort of choosing to go with them. It's sort of between Hearts and, and Kelly at that point. And I just knew more of the boys. And I think my mum would have been delighted now looking back because that wasn't as far to drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I went there and but yeah, I just sort of slowly, but surely the kind of setup was it was like those, it was like three 20 minute games he's kind of played at that time. And Oh, he, it was it was almost about like everybody kind of getting the same number of minutes, and oh, it was odd. And mm-hmm. I just stopped enjoying it. We played uh, <laughs> our home games with uh, Salt Coat, Salt the the junior, and it's right on the sea. I just remember, oh, I just I just don't like it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like the pitch. <laughs> it was Baltic. Oh, it was like windy and everything. It just got in my head, and oh, I just kind of stopped enjoying it, but. Kind of at that age, I sort of walked into like the schoolboy forms and stuff, and I just progressively like, I was like this is. Oh, I, just, I was just I becoming a bit of a chode, and I wasn't really getting any better. And if anything, I was probably getting worse because my confidence just kept going, sort of thing. And uh, so I think it was about seventeen. Uh, I ended up kind of leaving Kelly uh, and went back and played uh, boys' club again. Uh, and then sort of uh, for under 18s played for a team like in Kilmarnock called Bonnet and Thistle. I've heard uh, of them, I, I. Like, they're really well run. They've got a cracking set up. And again, uh, the, the guys there sort of have done, done brilliantly. And so sort I of played with them for, for under 18s. And we, we won everything that season, the team, like the league, the Scottish Cup, every competition we went in for, we won. We had a cracking meet. Uh, and it was just like, you know, just like got the love back. It was just everything kind of clicked and just enjoyed football and kind of had a smile on your face and, and that sort of thing. And uh, from there, kind of got picked up by, by a sort of an Ayrshire junior side called uh, Luger, uh, which is just sort of just outside sort of Cumnock and Auchin Lake. And uh, at that moment in time, it was just about like, I think it was three or four of us went from that Bonneton team onto onto Luger. So it was just like, ah, oh, just fancy it. Oh, yeah, this could be fun. Aye. So we just kind of went, but like it was playing my men for the first time. And it was like it was terrifying because I was like a seventeen-year-old boy, uh, but but like I, d- I don't think I realised I was quite good. So you kind of get like big thirty-five-year-old guys at centre half, and like you'd score a goal. And I, there was one game when uh, <laughs> the centre half scored a goal quite early on, and the centre half just goes, "Next time you get the ball, wee man, I'm breaking both your legs." <laughs> I've just I've shot myself. I'm like, oh no! And my big strike partner, he was like thirty-one or something, and he just turns around to the centre half and goes. You go near him. I'm gonna knock your fucking ball. And I'm going, guys, it's not worth it. Like it's not worth it. Like it's alright, it's alright. And he used to stand up for me, but like it was amazing because they were just coming back. He'd like 
punch you, you'd like punch your kidneys, like all the dirty tactics. Uh, and you just kind of got used to that a wee bit. Like then in the air, it was, it was great. For like two years, he just got booted up and down the Ayrshire Junior pitches, uh, <laughs> trying to avoid tackles, basically, was, was the crack. Uh, <laughs> but it was, the, like, it was the making of me. Do you, think, do you think that's maybe, that can I, can I give you a good, can I, a bit of good grounding going up to playing professional? Because I think that's missing the football these days, like youth players and or even they don't get enough, can I, they don't get enough experience of playing with men as they did years ago. Because obviously the coach league, thinking, thinking about doing that, but the reserve leagues isn't there anymore, which yeah. I think is it's hindering some youth players these days. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, uh, I, I loved it. Like, that was sort of some of my, my favourite times. And, like, like because you, you play, like you sort of say, like all the kind of youth stuff, but you're playing boys the same age as you, maybe like the odd time a year or above or a year below. But now you're like playing against like proper men and it was like all different builds. You'd get like right muscly folk, you'd get like wee folk nipping your heels, you'd get big giant folk who would literally just throw you out of the way and you like you had to develop otherwise you, you just wouldn't play. So you, you kind of sort of found wee ways in yourself and, and then kind of then going senior, I, like I'd look at centre halves and go, I know how to, to play against them. Like they hate wee guys like me getting in and around their feet, just being like a busy body and then around them and like they'd make mistakes or uh, like <laughs> knowing how to like use Mars to like back into folk because like the number of fouls just by sticking your arse out and then they come and clatter you. Uh, and it was just kind of almost getting like streetwise, which like I don't think like I'd, I'd have got if I'd kind of kept going to just playing kind of your own sort of age group all the time. See, I, I, I can, can agree with you. It's, it's something I probably learned because I played 21s with, uh, with, with Tower Hearts and, and Arsenal 21s, but I felt I, I became a better, better player when I went and played amateur. Yeah. And you learned all these wee things because I was a nifty, actually a small, quick striker. So, as she says, big defenders don't like that. And you, again, you're batting, the, you're batting your arse and your, your elbows. Yeah. And, ah, we touched that one. They didn't like that. And I think no. that's. I think for me, it took, it took me to kind of maybe play amateur and watch amateur players who made experience to me and you kind of pick the wee traits up and I think that is missing from kind of like youth level. They only see, they do see it in the first team, but I don't think footballs is, is how do I say it? It's no, as, it's no way that anymore. It's no as physical as that yeah. anymore. Uh-huh, yeah. Because, like, even sort of when, like, we were sort of at Dumbarton and Albion Overs and kind of a, a few years later, we, we'd always get, like, the kind of lone players coming in from, like, your kind of maybe Hamilton, St. Marins and stuff. And it was always a bit of a coin flip of how they do because some of the boys, like, they, they, technically and ability-wise, they'd probably they'd be better than most of us. But it's just whether or not, because, like you say there, like, it's the first time they're playing and it's, like, straight into a away game to Peterhead and you've got the wind and you've got, like folk like barring you and stuff and some folk are just like they, they just don't fancy it uh, <laughs> and that kind of way or a kind of winger maybe a lightweight winger you're like, ah no like they're just like they're great under 19s but mm. when you start to actually get them up against like a seasoned pro like they're going you're in my back pocket like you're not getting by me once and yeah I think I think like you sort of say like that's the sort of stuff that, that's missing uh, like the sooner I guess like young boys can get bled into the first team the better or there needs to be a kind of look at or something to sort of just see because like they, I know they're talking about the Colt stuff but which is which would be great for Rangers and Celtic but then you're kind of going what about like the other kind of youth players as well and 
things that I like just so that everybody can kind of get that experience to develop that wee bit further as well. And obviously you say that then you went senior, um, but Urban Rovers, how did that come about? How, how did you scout it and how did you feel the step up was going for kind of junior, even in the third division? How was your step up and kind of ability a player? Aye, uh, so we'd, we'd, we'd had a really good run in the, the Junior Scottish Cup with Luger and uh, we'd got to the, the quarter-final uh, and you kind of like kind of hear, like I, I was scoring a lot of goals, so you kind of hear whispers that folk are looking at you and stuff and uh, sort of randomly uh, Berwick Rangers <laughs> were, were looking at me when they were kind of still uh, sort of in the professional ranks. So kind of what, what ended up happening was uh, I went on trial with them for the, the pre-season uh, and I was actually top goal scorer for the pre-season. I was just really young and naive. It's like, who are we playing today? And it's like, oh, we're playing Hearts. And Hearts would like be half full young boys and half full first team. And I think we got beat 3-1, but I scored. And then we like went down to like Newcastle and played a, a like junior team down there. We, we drew two each and I scored and stuff. And it was just, I was just like, oh, it's just, just you kind of turn up and play. And you just see easy. what happens kind of thing. That's as easy. Aye, and then like the week before the season started, like uh, I hadn't been offered a contract or anything, and the manager like basically phones that I listen, we just, well, I, I, I just don't think I'm going to take a chance on you. I thought I, I don't know what else I could have done. Like <laughs> I've come to every training session, I've driven through to bloody Edinburgh for it, I've driven to Berwick for games. Like I feel I've done quite well and getting that. I know I just don't want to mess you around and, and all of this type of stuff. So uh, it was actually the assistant manager who's pals with uh, Jim Chapman, who's the manager at Rovers at the time. So uh, I basically got a phone call from him, went in and changed on the Tuesday night uh, at the Albion and uh, got offered a contract that night, signed it, and we were away to Berwick in the Saturday in the first game of the season. <laughs> And uh, uh, it wasn't quite like fairy tale stuff. We were down one 0 I came on and uh, I set up a goal for uh, Scott Chaplin. He's uh, he he had a, a cracking career and we drew one each. And it was quite funny because after the game, I came on for like the last twenty minutes or something. And their manager was like, "He was like, shitting myself when I seen you come on there." I was like, "I bet you he's gonna bloody score here, and he's gonna score here." And I was like, oh, "I've never tried so hard to score in my life." <laughs> That, that's, that is quite crazy how it just it just shows you in football anything can happen. You you kind of get knocked back with my team and then you sign and then you're playing again the Saturday. Just shows you, <laughs> you never know what happens. I know, I know. It's brilliant. Like like even just that whole game. Like I mean, I, I, I barely knew any of the boys. I trained with them twice at Albion. I knew all the other boys better because I'd been there for the full <laughs> pre-season. And uh, it was just that way. It was like oh, just trying your hardest to like <laughs> try and get one over on them. <laughs> Because how is obviously Abnovers, as most people know, Scotland, it's no it's not the best of stadiums or facility. But how did you go for obviously junior to to see the facilities? Did did they train at a park or was it then be better? And how did you think even though it's not the best of stadium, but you're still playing the stadium, so how was that for you? I like the stadium stuff was it's, it's, it's like Clifton Hill's odd. It's like it's, it's it's like just going back in time with football. Like they, they kind of had the one stand. Uh, where, where like fans could go and the other stand was like a condemned building like nobody was allowed on it kind of thing which, which was strange and uh, it was like going back like the pitch is dead bobbly there as well but I mean it was an absolute leveller because we were just kind of like young boys we like never really had much experience so it was that, that was almost the kind of sort of ethos of the club it was like just trying to like recruit young hungry players with the kind of premise of Come in, sign for us. If you do well, you you'll get moves kind of up the league. Like 
the, the season I was there, a couple of boys went and signed for Thistle uh, and that sort of stuff. So, uh, but but it was great because when you kind of went in, you can hear everything the fans say to you. Uh, like you go in and you like the, the tea lady is also the turnstile lady who's also the I mean like it's just such a family club uh, like one of the one of the chief executives he, he was great Pat Rowland he actually does stand up uh, comedy he does a lot for like Celtic nights as well Pat and uh, I remember one day like because you go up and like into the, the hospitality suite to kind of say hi and that and Pat's starting a big pot I'm like what, what are you doing Pat and he's like I'm uh, just doing the hospitality food today. I'm like, all right, aye, what, what, what the lucky partner is on? And he's like, curry. Like, and he's like, literally pouring like a car of, uh, jar of like curry <laughs> sauce in. Like, I've just been up to Asda to get this. I'm like, oh no, like, what are they paying to watch this shite football and then eat your curry? And that's the hospitality. <laughs> that's and, uh, one of my dad, like, my mum and dad come to like most of my games, like, they're, they're brilliant. And, one of my dad's favourite stories is when we were at Albion and it was a cup game and uh, we're losing 2-1 and uh, like the guy comes in the tunnel and he's like, ladies and gentlemen, pies are half price, half price pies. With 10 minutes to go, pies half price. Last minute, we score to equalise to take it to extra time. So they'd literally go and the goal scorer was blah, 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 blah. Pies are full price. Back up to full <laughs> price for pie. <laughs> what extra thing? <laughs> He's like, I'm absolute stitches. Like, but I mean, that's the kind of club it is. It was just like that kind of sort of funny wee way. And uh, like, we, 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 like you'd go on cup runs and you'd beat teams or and like you'd get promoted and stuff but it's, it's, it's still quite odd it's like Albion Overs though are still just a, a wee club mm-hmm. sort of thing even though like we, we, we did have successes but I think we, we liked that it was almost like it was a chip on our shoulder like teams would be coming to Cuffton Hill thinking they're going to scudge you three for nothing mm-hmm. and we were just up for the fight more often than others But see when you first signed could you tell the difference between even though it's the third division to junior level? Was it, was it still a big kind of step up? Aye, there was a bit, yeah. I think, like, what I kind of noticed, maybe it was me coming from the junior club I was at, but, like, it just mattered more. Like, it kind of felt like there was a bit more in the air of, like, like we need to go out. There, there was that wee bit more pressure kind of thing. Like, uh, I think you sort of forget that, like, Managers get sacked, players leave, mm-hmm. like that, that sort of stuff. So all of a sudden, it was like if you're not performing, we've got a squad here of like twenty three bodies. Like somebody will come in instead of you. Whereas like junior, you, you've maybe got like one extra striker or something like that. But you play pretty much every single minute of every game. So it's all of a sudden, maybe not making a squad or getting the hook after half, uh, like after an hour, or like the manager in the changing room telling you are a shite today and you won't be playing <laughs> next week. And you're just like. But I was trying, like uh, it, like it did kind of like I uh, like there was that sort of difference where like uh, right, uh, there was that wee bit of added pressure going. I really want to perform, like I want to play well and I want to score goals, and yeah, it was that that wee bit extra there. Because obviously, for the step up, did your diet have to change, or were you, were you always kind of quite healthy eating anyway? And your fitness was that a different kind of peak of fitness as well? See, like, I think at first, like, I didn't really notice. Uh, like, I was at uni, like, 18, 19, 20. Uh, like, lived with my mates. Like, it was it was literally out every Saturday night, like, like most young boys. And, like, Sunday you'd be hungover, like, with the dominoes and that. Like, you, you just wouldn't really notice. And then you'd go to training on Tuesday and Thursday and, again, absolute doing. And then you'd 
basically it's the same again on Saturday. Again, kind of thing. So it wasn't until I uh, actually got to Dumbarton and they. Uh, like Jack Ross came in as our assistant manager and he kind of really sort of started to to kind of screw the nut with the boys. Obviously, he he like had a great career playing. Uh, he was doing stuff with the, the SFA uh, and he kind of came in and gave us, I remember it was like one pre-season, we got like a big kind of document to take away and then it had like uh, all kind of uh, like training drills, circuits, stretching, food. And this was just for the off-season and then he's like, and then when you're back, like you'll get one for the like while while we're playing and stuff. And then it was like we got weighed when we left. We were all kind of given an individual plans of like what was expected of us. And it's like I'm only away for six weeks, man. Like, <laughs> like what's going on? And it was almost like that. I, I remember that was probably first time. Like didn't really rest, and it was like I was like I'm going to do this by the book. Like whatever Jacko said to do it, I'm going to do it because he's that kind of guy. Like you just really want to impress him. He's so it's like, if he's told me to do it, I'm bloody doing it. Uh, and you're kind of reading about the food and stuff and what you should be eating before training and after training and that sort of thing. So that kind of piqued my interest. And I think sort of ever since then, I've actually like, uh, sort of followed that. Even now, probably don't really need to. But it's just that way. I was like, do you know what? I find it quite interesting and just... Because it would explain to you a wee bit about why you're doing it. It wasn't just like eat this because I tell you to. It's because if you eat this, then this should improve your performance by or like in by the seventieth minute you'll still be going when you see your opponent will be in. Like even just kind of having that in your head, thinking I'm fitter than this boy I'm playing against. Like that's that's half the battle as well. It's quite interesting you speak of that because I, me personally, I wouldn't think maybe teams who if I've been over some bottom. Obviously, we're talking about it was Jack Ross at Dumbarton when you were part time. I wouldn't think they would have that kind of infrastructure involved. I thought it maybe do the player to kind of eat healthily yourself. Obviously, you maybe get a training plan for pre season to maybe help you. But uh, me personally, didn't think that was involved at, at that level. I maybe thought I was only in Scotland in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we, we don't, like, I don't really think kind of properly sort of looked at that until like Jack Ross came in. Uh, because he did kind of do it and all of a sudden like we'd go to training and at training like uh, you had the kind of pre-training drinks you had like the gels for during you got the stuff to take away with you afterwards and like that that was the sort of first time and like, all the boys would like buy into it and like we, we all get stuff to sort of take away uh, and that type of thing as well uh, even like after games because usually you just go in and like the hospitality Dunbar is brilliant after games like the, the chef's amazing but all of a sudden like that was like no 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 players are that side and that's what everybody else eats and you're all looking over and ah oh, they've got fucking nuts and you get like this stuff and, uh, and then uh, when when Ian Murray came in he he sort of started like the the proper like pre match meals and stuff because usually like if you had an away game you'd kind of go up and you'd get something at a hotel somewhere but like uh, Ian Murray would do the no like home games you come and you get a pre match meal and you're getting stretching and you're doing this and you're doing that and. Uh, like I was, it was quite a long day for like a three o'clock kickoff. You're like meeting at midday to to get your food and, and all that type of thing. But again, I I, I, I do find that quite interesting personally because I didn't think teams that maybe below the full time championship teams actually done as much as that because that is as you, that is kind you're kind of acting as a full time footballer, but you're maybe getting paid part time wages. 
Yeah, yeah, because even sort of because we would we would train the Tuesday Thursday night, and there's still like the expectation where you'd have wee bits and pieces to do on a sort of Wednesday and, and Monday and stuff. And that, like, I mean, a lot of it was maybe like core stuff or stability stuff or like stretching that type of thing. Uh, but I uh, there wasn't the expectation, that, and, and if you weren't fit enough, like if you're coming back from injury or something. It was like like these are the drills you need to be going out doing, and whether it's like uh, going out for a run or you, you just need to find a grassy pitch or something, like uh, there was that expectation that like kind of if if you're expecting to play on Saturday, you need to be at the same level as the other boys and uh, and that sort of thing. So because at that time like the competition for places and stuff, like you're like kind of going, I can't really give them an excuse not to play me, sort of way. So I you sort of did what you were told, and you're out the door. Because obviously, talking about Dumbarton, obviously you get promotion in the playoffs with Dumbarton. How was was kind of Ian Jack? Uh, Ian Jack was Jack Ross. Kind of was he in at that stage when he got yeah, yeah. Would, you, would you think maybe him can then and maybe aided in how he's got there? Maybe becomes your diet. Maybe treating it more professional. Yeah, no, like, I mean, he was he was pivotal to it. Like, uh, we'd sort of had quite a good season and I think Jacko came in maybe sort of halfway through the season and his his training was unbelievably good. Like, do you, do you know that way now? I, I wish I wrote down every single drill he did because it was, it was brilliant and it was like, you, you genuinely looked forward to go to training. Like, it wasn't like no two sessions were the same and, and, and he was great and, so the, the gaffer at the time, Alan Adamson, he was he was brilliant too because he just was basically like set us up to play like quite attractive and attacking football, uh, and he just kind of went out and, and played, and it just kind of felt quite natural, and we, we had such a good team spirit, uh, and like the boys in the squad, like like we we knew we had a good squad, but it wasn't until maybe sort of January February time, it's like hold on a second, like we're we're actually we could we could do something here, and uh, around that time as well. It's quite funny because with like all this kind of winter cancellations and stuff, uh, you then sort of start to be playing like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and uh, like so when we were on our own, we were kind of hovering around the playoff section. <laughs> the gaffer would just come in for like the Saturday game, and he ah, lads, chairman says double win bonus. That was it. Like the Jason, oh, yes, get in there. And so that was that was the team talk, and then the Tuesday night because we'd won, you'd go lads. Double win bonus, like yes. So like you'd go on like Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday, and like I mean that was it. That's all we had to say. And I mean you know we're doing it for the money, but it's just funny because like the lads are like buzzing, going, yes, fucking get in there and that, that type of stuff. That's gonna gain you as much as as you say it's no bit of money, but it's still gain you an incentive to go and win the game. But obviously that's maybe it's a bit of mind game as well. Basically saying, listen, if you don't win. You're, you're not getting your money and you would disappoint the fans. So it's kind yeah. of how, how do you call it? It's kind of reverse psychology, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, we, we, was, you just know when your things are going well because you literally like finish one game and you kind of like, if, if you win, you're at Wednesday night's game. You just can't wait. And it's like Tuesday night or Wednesday, you're like, yes, kind of get in. Or like straight away, you go, right, next Saturday we've got so and so. And it's, it's like that we like we put a, a broth out in the sort of first uh, playoff leg and they were like they finished second in the league and were right unlucky not to like get automatically promoted. They were like they and, and we beat them over two legs because I think we just wanted it more. Like uh, we, we went away, we, we won one nil at home and then the second leg went away and 
how goalie was uh, big Stephen Grinley was phenomenal that day like some of the saves he was making it was like uh, it was incredible we should have lost that about 4 nothing, and we drew nothing each because big shade was just like keeping you in it and like at that point you're like I think we're going to get bloody promoted here mm-hmm. I, I think this is going to happen uh, <laughs> and it was, it was quality like like you said I say like Jack, Jacko was uh, his man management skills were like were, were phenomenal. There was one game uh, I was I was actually sub, and the other striker got injured in the warm up. Uh, so like I was then kind of came on, started and, and played the whole game. And after the game we'd won, and uh, kind of doing the wee sort of speeches, and, and Jack was like, and one mention for him like pointing at me, and I was like, oh no, and he's like, he wasn't even playing today. And two minutes before kick off, and he, he gets told he's playing, and he's brilliant, and I'm sitting there going, me. You talk, you're talking about me, <laughs> and then like all the lads are like clapping. I'm like, like you just walked out feeling like six foot tall. I'm like, that is amazing. Uh, we had like uh, for like the the playoff final, you'd got like a kind of the the TV people the, uh, to uh, the club like the the Suns TV stuff to put together like a package of like the best bits of the season. So it's like every single player. Like folk crunching into tackles, like we had Scott Agnew who scored like twenty goals from free kicks, just top bins. So it's like just him basically pinging free kicks in the top corner, and like every day just after that was like, get us out there, just just get us out there, we're ready. Uh, so so things like that was, it was brilliant, and uh, I it's, it's, it's good memories. Because obviously you got promotion up up to championship, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, could that is that where is that where you started to see the kind of how do you like the jumping class for the going for Albion Rovers? Obviously, I know you, you were on and stuff, but we'll speak with that as well. But yeah, um, could you see the kind of that's when the kind of the, the real kind of ability started to show with different players? And, and so, obviously, they guys are maybe trying to get promoted to the Premier League and try to maybe express themselves to get maybe noticed for teams maybe at the boatman in the Premier League. Yeah, no, like that was that was definitely it because. Usually, sort of, if you made a mistake or a wee error, like the kind of team, other team would maybe get the ball or like they'd have an attack, but it just felt like every time we'd make a mistake, they scored. Like we, we, we just we couldn't get a break, and it was it was almost like going like you kind of going, are we unlucky here? And then it eventually, kind of just clicks that no, like they're better, like they are more clinical. They get the ball in those positions that they're going to hurt you. That they are going to like score and. Uh, so probably going to the championships was when you're playing against your sort of full time sides and just that wee difference with the organisation again and and then like you say like whoever's kind of at the top of that league their ambitions actually to get to the the SPL so uh, whereas for us it's kind of this is amazing like how long can we stay here and uh, to be fair like we sort of stayed there for for sort of three seasons uh, but it's, it's just kind of hard that when you're, you're kind of punching above your weight and. Uh, against sort of full-time teams and stuff, it sort of takes its toll sometimes. Because obviously you're saying they're full-time. Did you have to adapt your your fitness even more because you were kind of playing against guys who who probably should have been a lot further than most of the squad. I because uh, sort of at that time it was sort of the, the beginning of the end for me a wee bit like at Dumbarton because uh, we we played a pre-season game and. Uh, I came on for the last 10 minutes of it and kind of boy kind of went through the back of me a wee bit. But it wasn't even that bad a challenge and I've just felt something really odd happen like in my ankle heel area. And uh, kind of one of those, I rest it, 
two weeks still sore, three weeks still sore, four weeks still sore. And the physio's in, he's like, listen, there's no swelling, there's nothing there. I'm like, but every time I walk, it's like a stabbing pain. Uh, so like I was I was kind of out for quite a long time and uh, sort of basically the, the physio was like, I can't feel anything. I was like trying to ask to go for a scan. The club wouldn't send me for a scan. I ended up like kind of paying, like going through health insurance to get a scan. Uh, and they sort of showed that like I, I basically had like fluid and bone and like there was a bit of bone which was like digging in. So I kind of had to go in, get an operation to remove the fluid and then shave off this bone. Uh, and then at that time, like, the the manager at the time, Ian Murray, was like, I, I, like, I mean, we were bottom in the league and it wasn't going well. And uh, Ian Murray was like, I kind of need to like free up the wage bill. Like, uh, can, like, what, what do you think about maybe maybe leaving? I was like, what? It's like, get an operation in two days. Well, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, ah, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I need to. So I can't go. And this was like in, just in uh, December, and and then sort of got my up, and then I was like you saying, just trying to get back to fitness, and uh, like I mean, I can see where he was coming from because the team needed fresh blood, and and, and like he, he kept the team up that season, uh, so we can't really go wrong. But just for me personally, it was a wee bit, wee bit hard because kind of got to January, I was working so hard to get back to fitness. Uh, and he sort of said, like, uh, I, I can't select you in a squad until, like, you've played some reserve games. I was like, oh, totally see your point. Yep, when are they? He's like, oh, well, we've got none scheduled. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, oh, there's none scheduled. You know, maybe there'll be a few more. I was like, so you're basically saying you're not picking me until you've seen He's like, yeah. I'm like, what? Like, what? Can I go out and loan for a month? He's like, nah, you know, that's just for over 21, uh, under 21. So I'm like, so what did I do? He's like, well, you know, like I uh, could, like, if you want to go, you can go. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to go. <laughs> He's like, well, we can maybe sort of see. And so I basically ended up, uh, I was like, well, if you're not going to play me, there's no point in me sitting watching from a stand for six months because this was in January now. So uh, I ended up just, uh, I think he was quite happy to to, to let me go and uh, from there. But just a wee bit sort of sad the way that ended, just, just to kind of whimper like left with a whimper a wee bit that's probably sort of one regret from Dumbarton of kind of because it have so many good memories from there and just to kind of go out that way is a wee bit wee bit sigh of a sickener I think I think uh, you can quote me if I'm wrong but I think Dumbarton were quite a bit of a fan's favourite Dumbarton um, I think they kind of kind of liked you and obviously scored a few important goals but See me personally, your situation you're saying, see if that was me, I'd be kind of real angry, like, like you, Paul, went inside you. Maybe not showing your full emotion, but because especially if you're going to an operation for, I don't know how long you're about, you might be off your work as well. So you're off football and you're off your work. Yeah. So if you're looking, I don't know how much you're getting, the button, that doesn't matter, but just say it's two, three, pound, whatever is a week, you're not going to get that for how long you're off no playing football for. So to, you obviously you're thinking about your football career, but financially and your mindset, two days for your operation, or you're thinking about your your health and yeah. doing that. So for me, I, again, I don't know him, Murray, I don't know what he's like, but for me, that I, I can see where you're coming from. That is quite disappointing. I because because it was just even more like because I mean I loved my time at Dunbar and like you sort of say like it was just one of those clubs you just click at and like. I think, like, I was never the best technically, but I just tried really hard. And I think the fans appreciated that. And 
So they, so they like that type of thing. So look, the way I can like see not even to kind of come back on for like a wee five minute kind of cameo cheerio or mm-hmm. like it was almost like just one day it was like a, a, I say that's Pat Walker left now kind of thing. It's like I bit oh, like and, and like you were sort of saying, my focus was just get as fit as I can so I can get back playing and to kind of not even sort of have that opportunity. Because if he if he turned around and said, listen, I've seen you play two games, I think you're shy, I'm not going to pick you. Right, okay, cool, I'll go. But it's like to not even kind of have that way to sort of go, do you know what, like at least you've had a look at me and I know your cup of tea. Because, I mean, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like your one manager likes you, the next one thinks you're, you're hopeless. So, uh, like you don't get that, but it's just kind of not even to have that one wee chance to kind of show this is what I can do. Come and watch this game or these couple of games and then uh, we can kind of take it from there. So, oh, but, but then, like I say, I mean, the team were bottom of the league. They needed fresh blood in. And, and and they stayed up. So I suppose in hindsight, it's probably the right decision. <laughs> and obviously, you're talking about Jack Ross. Obviously, now he's he's done well at St Mirren, done okay at Sunderland. Maybe maybe he can expect it better, but he's doing okay at Hibs. Um, obviously, there was links for the Celtic job. Blah for me, I don't think he's ready for that. But that's just my opinion. I think he's still got a lot to do to get that Celtic job. But can you maybe see him? Can I manage at a higher level? Okay, as he says. At, Maybe I don't know age he was at Dumbart, maybe maybe kind of 35, 36 roughly. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit so, like So he's obviously started kind of his coaching perspective at an early age about diet. So he's probably maybe a wee bit ahead of his time when it comes to him managing at that level. So do you oh. think he can maybe go to a higher club in Hibs in the future? I mean, I think so, yeah. Like so looking at his track record, his his man management was phenomenal. So he's that he's, he's like very hands on. Like, uh, like I'd imagine he he'll be taking the training. He won't be like watching it. Like he'll be writing about it and he'll be telling the players what he wants to do. And he's that kind of way of like armoring the shoulder and like this is this is the plan. Like this is what I want from you. And uh, like and he was brilliant at that. And like like I, I know like you hear us like some of the great managers and stuff of that, but like I felt I felt like I was a far better player than I actually was mm-hmm. kind of walking onto the pitch after just him saying a few like he, he just trusted you that kind of way. And uh, I suppose though it's kind of going if Celtic are going for a quite a big rebuild just now, is that the kind of approach they want to go on? Sort of somebody maybe who's a wee bit like unknown or untested at like at a big club. Uh, but he's I don't know, would, would it be better? Kind of obviously Hibs have done well this season and does he sort of try and like win something there and, and then I don't know I, I don't know if his ambitions would be to sort of try down south again or, or if he'd kind of want one of the, the big jobs in Scotland. But uh, no, like I, I think kind of just his focus and his drive and I mean he was, he was meticulous with training and, and sort of uh, his tactics and stuff and, and so sort of, like I say, I mean he really got the best out of players. So that's sort of a way of like, yeah. Like he's 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 great for that. Obviously, the I know you had a wee short stint at Annan. Obviously, I didn't work out. Is that duty work commitments? Yeah, so Annan was a bit odd because uh, I mean, again, like another cracking uh, wee club, like just very family orientated, like kind of for the whole town and stuff. Uh, I was working uh, quite close to. I was working in Balak at the time. And they started training Annan. So I, I was like driving from Balak to, to Annan like twice a week. And their training was like seven till nine. But I wasn't getting back in the house till like after 11 o'clock. And then you're up again the next day at like half six for work. And 
eventually it just started taking its toll. So I kind of asked if maybe I could go down once a week and, and then even weekends where we're sort of uh, going down the Saturday. I was, I was just knackered <laughs> by the time a Saturday came. And uh, But again, like, you know, it was brilliant and like they've got such a good setup there. Like it's a, it's a nice wee ground. They've got like the whole community feel and stuff as well. And, uh, like they've, they've got a great structure to kind of go on and do well, and like I know, I know like that because that was quite early on when when they sort of joined the professional tier that they kind of had those ambitions to try and get up through the league sort of as, as soon as possible. Actually, I think it's quite, I think it's quite, it's, I think it's quite unique about Scottish football is the lower leagues, like you say, they're all family clubs, and like obviously I'm a Celtic fan, but sometimes the fans don't understand. Exactly what the club's all about. They just watch the game and they go home and then they go on the phone and say this and that. But these wee clubs, these wee clubs, as you say, are full of volunteers. The tea ladies, the turnstile, it's a, it's a big, big effort for the community. And I think that's sometimes it's, it's not mentioned quite a lot when teams don't do well. It doesn't just hurt the players, it hurts everybody else in the club who do a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Like, uh, even, like, I was speaking to my dad there about, like, the, the areas all on Saturday, and we're just quite happy that, like, we're not bottom of the league, and, like, we're going, to, so how many points are we off, like, bottom? And it's, like, that's our mindset of going, if we stay in the championship, like, we're, we're quite happy with that. Other air fans will probably disagree, but it's that kind of way of going, like, whereas no with, like, Rangers and Celtics, if, if you lose a game, it's, like, it's a catastrophe kind of thing. Uh, whereas, yeah, whereas the kind of, sort of smaller clubs, it's it's about like the people who come in and who are there all day and like this is like they sweep the floor, they get it ready. Whereas we're just turning up and basically having to play a game of football, which is what you should be desperate to do. And okay, it's nice because when you have those successes, like when you, you get the promotions, you go in the cup run and you just kind of look at the, the people who have been there through like the thick and thin and, and just how much it means. Because I think as you get older, you kind of realise as well, it's like, I'm not going to be here for like my whole career or I mean, the next manager or like, I may be away at the end of the season or somebody might not fancy me, but like they're going to be here for like... Or they have been here. They're going to be here for so long, and uh, it's actually the chairman or the ex-chairman at Albion Rovers, who is Frank Mead. He turned seventy during the first lockdown, so like I, I kind of captain at the time, Kieran Donnelly. Like he got us all together, and we all like chipped in money so we could get like him a, a gift in that. Like because uh, <laughs> he was he was seventy, and we did like we video messages of like what we how we remembered them and stuff, and. Like he's funny because he sent us all a video back, and he's like, he's he's just like, was I can't believe you've done this, like you, <laughs> you bunch of wee dicks. But it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just things like that. you just kind of won't forget him and, and and stuff like that. Like Pat Rowan still give him a text, and he'll still get you in the stand comedy club anytime you want, and <laughs> wee things like that. It's, oh, yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, as you say, you you went back to Albion as well. How she in general is. Because obviously these wee teams have got a lot of money and stuff, but do you feel like playing at that level, they're still they're still very good players at that level that can can make a step up? Yeah, definitely. I yeah, uh, like I think sort of more, like all the sort of teams would have like a few good players. Like we had uh, the sort of first time I was there at Albion, we had Scott Chaplin who who was brilliant and like we he kind of had a bit of a free role for us and like he'd score loads of goals. He had a good back quality and he went on and moved to to Thistle uh, as well. And uh, no, like he's 
there is there are good players there and, and kind of and like with the kind of bit of coaching and I think a lot of time it's just sort of finding that manager and that club that really kind of trusts you wants you as a player and because I think like probably like every single person who who loves the game has like kind of a sob story of like where, where it went wrong for them with football and it's just almost kind of having that bit to bounce back and go right well I wasn't in that manager's cup of tea but the next club maybe and uh, that's that way, and oh, like no, there's like Scott Agnew at Dumbarton. He's a he's a, he's five now. Like he's all, like the best left foot I've ever seen. Like he's he's unreal with his like his left peg, and uh, like even sort of see him in training, he's 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 incredible. And you, you just like kind of stand and watch. You know, that, that's un, that's unbelievable. And, like what I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm in the same pitch as him. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's great with it, and you kind of sort of see things like that, which maybe I don't know at the time you don't really sort of appreciate. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, I, like he he's a good player, that kind of way. But day two, but the the two the two kind of standouts you played with, or is anybody else that you played with? You think wow, he's he was actually really good, and maybe they could have went further if if circumstances kind of occurred. I yeah, no, like Aggie, Aggie was great. Scott Scott Agnew was great. He was on on the books of Rangers as a kid, and then uh, he went to Hamilton and stuff. And he, he was technically he was he was amazing. Uh, Scott Chaplin was, was very. He was like uh, he was captain as well, and he really did demand a lot of you. Like he had really high standards and it would sort of drive you on. Uh, you know, we had uh, big Marvin Andrews came to. Oh, uh, he's 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 obviously by like this time, he was <laughs> his legs were gone, but he was hilarious. Uh, I think he was our top goal scorer, and we got relegated from like League One. We got relegated, and he was our top goal scorer because no team could handle him from set pieces. He's, he just had this weird knack. He scored about ten goals. So like there was one game I think we were playing Alloa and I think we were losing three nothing. Big Marv corner, boom header, three one. Ten, two minutes later, boom, header, three, two. So they are shitting themselves now. And they were, <laughs> then, like, basically every set piece, Big Marv was going up on a hat-trick in this game. And they were putting, like, three players in him <laughs> just to stop him running. But he was terrifying because he'd just shout, even, like, from goal kicks, he'd be Lawrence! And he'd just, like, run and just cement folk out there and boom! Just this header thing. And, like, you'd be, like, in his team trying to, like, guess where he was going. And he was just, ah, that's just, like... That's just incredible to like <laughs> watch watch him head the ball. Aye, it's, it's, but I must be good if, good for for that team as well. At times, as much as he was a Rangers player, but to have the experience of playing at that level that he played it to then come back down, it must have kind of helped a lot of the guys in the squad as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I mean, for him, it was just the love of the game. Like you could sort of see that. Like he didn't train because his his knees were gone, but he turn up on a Saturday and. Like his uh, motivational speeches and stuff were were hilarious. Like, but but in a good way. Like, it was almost like the gaffer would give the team talk, and then we'd all look at Marv for like him to have his say as well. <laughs> uh, and I mean, he just had wee speeches and stuff, and it was great. And even for the young boys to be like, oh, "What was it like? Like playing in that Rangers team or, or something like that?" And I mean, he wouldn't really speak about things much unless folk asked him. So he's he's, he's like kind of really humble like that as well, which is which is nice. Uh, 
mean, like there was a game like when Jose Katongo started to like kind of go down the leagues to me, but I mean playing against him and you just tried so hard when you were like marking him because you kind of seen him in the telly and like running rings around folk. Ah, he's not doing it to me. He's not doing it to me. And he was obviously that wee bit older and slower. And ah, oh, like you take the ball off him and you ah, to your mates after the game. Ah, Jose Katongo in my back pocket and stuff <laughs> and you things like that. It's, it's just quite nice those memories. We uh, when we were at Albion like every season they'd do like a, a jock steam cup against like a Celtic 11 so there's always a bit of a kind of mismatch of young boys but there was one one year then Celtic sent uh, Thomas Gravison uh, Derek Reardon and there was a couple of other the kind of boys who they were obviously phasing out mm-hmm. and this must have been like how, how to get rid of them uh, but it was hilarious because like yeah they are oh, that's Thomas Gravison he was at the he, like he's played for the Al Madrid uh-huh. and, like, and I'm playing against him now in this pitch and he, we, they'd always beat us uh, they'd give us the run around but I think like uh, he scored the first goal 20 minutes it was all quite tight and the ball gets rolled back to a goal and it's one of those bubbles over his foot and then Gravison's knocked it into an empty net and he's like basically scored and he's like that to everybody going no like don't clap like no no like he was just so embarrassed and like we're about to take center like, that's one for your collector's book and he's like oh no 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 like no <laughs> just having a map I'm bantering with Gravison I'm like, <laughs> but I, I even when we to guys like Radon and Gravison, that must have been, I might own been a friendly, but that's still an experience to say, as you say, I played with a guy who played with Real Madrid. Aye, I know, like, it's, 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 a, it's, 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 it's brilliant because, like, I mean, he went from what they are to Celtic, mm-hmm. and, like, you just kind of go like, you watch him in the telly and stuff, and obviously it didn't really work out for him at Celtic, but you're still going like, this is. This is bonkers. Like somehow we're still on the same pitch playing in this game, and uh, like what even just trying to kind of watch wee hands like their movement and stuff, mm-hmm. and and sort of trying to pick up a wee. But obviously, <laughs> probably from their point of view, like this is this is the lowest of the low for them. <laughs> but <laughs> like from us, it's still going. Oh, did you see when he did this and he did that? And like our centre halves would have. Like, I mean, we, we got the absolute run around, but it's, it's just that way of like kind of going and. You'd, you'd kind of look at like the young boys in the Celtic team to sort of see like oh and would any of them kind of go on and make it and, and that sort of stuff because obviously you've been about the lower leagues and stuff but obviously from my opinion be playing amateur and kind of 21 the camaraderie and the night suit the pranks there's always a, there's always a funny story in dressing room how how was it at that level was it the same a lot of night suit brilliant stories and just pranks all the time Oh, like I, no, like it really was. Uh, it's always like funny as well, like because uh, like Elgin away was like one of the probably the most hated trips, just because it's so far and you like you've got to get up so early. But uh, our manager at Albion, like <laughs> uh, Paul Martin at the time, he was brilliant because like there was always kind of it was always fifty fifty if you're allowed to have a baby in the bus. But just one game, he's at like if he's won, he's can bevy on the bus back. So everybody's like celebrating, and he's at no finish. <laughs> I've no finished, and he goes, "I'll buy a carry out. You go to Asda, and I'll buy it." So like, I think we won three nothing. We hadn't played better that season. And like <laughs> the boys, like skippers at large, you stay here. I'll deal with it. And he's like, "Come in." Like honestly, I've never seen so much booze coming onto the bus. He's like, how much is that? Is that 400 quid? 400 quid worth of booze or something? So, like, we're like, we get dropped back off at Coat Bridge and we're literally crawling out off the bus. Like, in, like it was, a, I mean, it's a cracking day. And the boys are like, Tuesday night, Jamie, like, oh, I can't even, can't even get home. Like, <laughs> like, 
I, like I've lost my bag. I don't know where my bag is. Like it's got my boots and that in it, but I, I don't know what happened to it and, <laughs> and that type of thing. So, aye, that's I've again that stuff that you, you might not see in professional because if that happened to a professional team and like you know yourself or these days social media and whatever, if somebody's seen Alan Rovers or a Celtic getting steaming, oh, <laughs> what why they drinking? But maybe you want it today. It's that's if you'd won and you're a football, you deserve to have a few beers. And it's funny that I guarantee the manager would what why did I say that? Because we all know when he says that the game's gonna get one. Yeah, yeah, I know. Because Albion, we would uh, we used to go on a pre-season friendly to like Newcastle for the weekend. So you basically played a game on the Friday night, and then uh, you had a night out on the Friday, and then you, you had another game on the Sunday. So basically, you did Saturday as a listener training session. But I mean, it was brilliant because we mm. just all oh, we're we're going to Newcastle for a piss up, and it just happens to be like there's a couple of games. And the way, and the manager was the same. He's like, right, it's a kind of new team, so you just go and enjoy yourselves and just like don't do anything too stupid. Was his kind of thing. And mind you, get training at midday, but it'd be like head tennis or whatever that type of stuff. Right. Uh, but I mean, like, I what a laugh you'd have because you'd just be out like twenty of you in Newcastle, just having a carry on after sort of playing a game, and oh, it was sty, <laughs> just daft things. It's very hard to tell any level, amateur, junior, professional. You don't tell a team for a. 2022 boys know to do something stupid because yourself when alcohol's involved the entry can happen aye I know I know yeah no, I, think, I think that was sort of part of it as well it was that kind of team building way and they sort of knew that like that was part of the weekend like the, the boozing and the going out was the, the kind of hanging it was Obviously, we got you've got a few lads who, <laughs> who are just a wee bit more bonkers than others and it's just hoping that they don't do anything too daft but uh, no, it's, uh, it was good crack and definitely for sort of bonding and stuff his was, was, eye was, was great after that. And obviously now you're at, uh, playing amateur, obviously went to Cambria um, and you won the West. Yeah. Final obviously it was against Covo, was proper underdogs. What was the feeling, obviously I know you a few of the guys and stuff, but what was the feeling about kind of that weekend? Was it a big thing in the room that we can do this? Is obviously the manager Mick, did the plan, his yeah. plan was a certain plan and obviously it worked because you won the, won the game. Is it just, did you have a big belief that you could go and win, win that tie? Do you know, I think it kind of started probably a wee bit more before that. Like it was probably around about the quarterfinal when we, we kind of won that and it's like, oof, like it was almost on the kind of thing of like, because we were underdogs, it's like we probably shouldn't even have won that game. And then the semi-final, I think we played uh, Southside who, again, like kind of like one of the, the top amateur teams and we, we shouldn't have won that. So it was almost like winning this and getting to the semi-final was an achievement. And then we beat them. It's like all of a sudden going, hold on a minute. And I, I think that kind of all the boys just thought, do you know what? Like, we literally got nothing to lose here. There's no expectation. We'll just beat that other good mob, which we weren't expected to do. We, we kind of had like a, a well-structured team, like mix set us up like well with the kind of, like you sort of mentioned, game plan there of just sort of making ourselves hard to beat. And uh, like we kind of had pace in the wings and pace up front, apart from me. Uh, so like we, we broke really fast, which other teams just couldn't really kind of thankfully sort of deal with. And like we, we scored a goal, defend for their lives and, and won one nothing. And oh, yeah, it, was, it was brilliant, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because for most, obviously you've played at a senior level, but for most amateur players winning the Scottish or the West, it's kind of like, the kind of pinnacle it's something I'd any day when I'm sure I go to the semis or the quarters but 
it's something you can always dream is and that point for me personally, I just play football to win trophies, I think. Yeah. Most people these days they're starting to, especially these days, they're starting to play to win trophies. A lot of people just some people want to just forsake it, but I think it's getting more and more serious now. Obviously, with kind of but I'm better players are getting into football now, they're dropping down and it's getting more serious and more professional. And obviously winning a trophy like that, it still must have been quite kind of I must be very kind of happiness as well for yourself to actually still win a big trophy. Oh, like, I mean, it's, it's when you kind of think about it, like, from any age, you're just like, you just want to win games. And then, like, when you win a medal, you win a trophy, like, that's just the pinnacle. Like, you, like, you think back to kids and it was just winning cups, winning trophies, like, you'd count your medals and stuff. And, like, you're the same as an adult. It's like, you, you want to win. And, when you're playing, like, getting semi-finals at, like, Hamilton's ground and the finals there, it's, like, it's a big occasion. And, like, no, like, that's definitely, that's up there in my sort of top five football memories that day. And even, sort of, like you sort of saying, just having that wee look around and you just sort of see what it means to, to different people. And, like, I mean, I can still picture Mick and uh, Simon, the assistant manager, like, on the touchline and their wee faces of, like, when we won that and... Uh, the, the captain Ross Wilson like he literally sat in the centre circle with the trophy for about half an hour and he's just like I can't believe that I can't believe we've just done this <laughs> yeah like, come on mate like we've, we've, got, we've got another league to win next season like come on get your arse up he's like no 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 like no I just can't believe that like we, that like that's just happened and like it's nice those kind of wee memories just in your head of like how seeing what it means to other people as well and just kind of being part of that and yeah, doing that, which is which is nice. And obviously now, as I said, at the start of the podcast, we've got a Glasgow half at the moment, obviously with Mick Mick there as well. Um, how's how's obviously been at Glasgow half, and obviously in the future um, going forward, hopefully the games can get back, but hopefully again, it's obviously time when the Kyle League. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, I still just enjoy playing football. So I've like got older, slower, and everything creaks that wee bit more. But there's literally no better feeling on a Saturday than you know going out and playing with mates and like that love of still scoring a last minute winner or you won four three and you've scored a couple of goals. Like you just can't replace that. So, so I try and do that as, as much as possible. And I think sort of kind of just having that competitiveness sort of drilled in like kind of through my whole life like like you say like I don't want to turn up on a Saturday and play a game and not care if you win or lose like you if, you, if you're there like it's like let, let's do something here like let, let's go and compete and, and try and win something so yeah like uh, sort of we, we'd been on a roll but sort of before football gets stopped in first lockdown and, and sort of put a few few good results together and we sort of managed to keep most of that that team which is which is good so I think now boys are just excited to be back and it's nice just to kind of get, get back out and playing for everybody and kind of get into the, the cobwebs and then sort of hopefully sort of see and I try and put some performances together and, and kind of see where that takes you. And obviously the last bit, uh, patch, the future, if you ever, obviously you're still young enough to play, but is there any kind of aspirations you're going to coaching or do you think after kind of playing you'll just kind of just watch football? Do you know, I, I, I don't know, like I kind of keep sort of having that dilemma just now because uh, I, I, I sort of still quite enjoy like getting like a workout or something from the session, whereas I think kind of having that more sort of uh, 
maybe more taking a step back and planning the session and keeping an eye on and maybe like tweaking things. Oh, I I'm still kind of that way of going, is that for me? Or that what be like going and going, no, 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 this is how you do it. Like, copy me. <laughs> Which probably isn't the best way. So like, I don't really know, to be honest. I kind of have a wee thinking and sort of see and uh, I go from there. Because I think it's, it's probably one of those, like if, if I'm not playing... I'll probably miss it and it's not until you kind of stop playing that you go I actually miss kind of kicking a ball about sort of thing or like if, if the body's saying I can't kick a ball about what's the next best thing and is that is that coaching but I think just now sort of it's not sort of something I'm at oh no like that that's for me kind of thing whereas I know for a lot of people it is but uh, maybe sort of one day it might be sort of one of those things where it's like like when I signed for Mick originally, he's like, come and help me out, mate. I just need you for this week. And that was about six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll probably do that with me, mate. Can you take one session? Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> one session and your assistant manager. Aye. <laughs> um, um, as I said, it's been good to, ch- obviously, it's good for me to chat about, obviously for the listeners to chat, I think to chat in here can experience a playing on lower levels. I don't think a lot of people kind of know the ins and outs of how you need to get to low levels and how you need to maybe kind of progress to get up and what you need to adapt. And yeah. obviously, obviously, kind of dealing, as you say, is fans, you can hear of the abuse, you can hear everything. So yeah. I think some fans don't really take all that into consideration. Um, but again, Patrick, it's been brilliant to kind of have you on, hear you speak to playing lower levels and hopefully with Glasgow Harp, you do well and hopefully win something very soon. No, thanks very much for that. I've really enjoyed it. It's been uh, it's been good fun. Thank you. Appreciate your time, Patch. Thank you. Cheers, Thank you. mate. Cheers. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.